Profess Error, the podcast where we celebrate life in academia through the failures we've experienced, not to celebrate the ways in which we fell down, but the ways in which we've gotten back up. In this episode, Brian and I talk about our experiences of recently joining an in-person conference after two years of no conferences with COVID. We talk about what surprised us, what we were happy to return to, and where we'd like to see conferences go in the future. It's maybe less technical than others, but hopefully enjoy it. Thanks. Well, welcome to Profess Error. We are joined today, as always, by Brian Franz. Brian, how are you doing today? Uh, better now. Good. Catching up. It's catching Friday up this week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. You know, it's funny. I don't know if you feel this way. I have a little bit of the. It's nice seeing you again. And and for those listening, you know, we typically meet via video conference, uh, but we actually got to see each other in person a week ago, and it was strange in a way because that was the first time we'd seen each other in two years, and so it's kind of uh, fun to sort of be back to a normal, but an abnormal of video conferencing. So it's good to see you there, but good to see you here too. Same. Yeah. One other uh, group that I, I think we would would be remiss if we didn't at least mention. I we were just at this conference, right, which is is sort of a big construction conference for if anyone happens to be in the construction research um, domain. And I will say I was kind of struck and just just so um, happy in a sense that I got to meet um, a couple people, not a ton, but a few people who actually mentioned they listened to the podcast and said, you know, I like the idea of celebrating failure. And this idea that was kind of a maybe not a super common thing in academia was was received. So um, I actually just kind of wanted to take some time and just say thanks to those that I got to chat with it. For what it's worth, this is something that, um, you know, i, I Feel like I'll speak only for myself. I've kind of done just because it's a thing I believe in, and I think it's kind of fun. Um, but it's sort of a side project, and so at least to me, you know, really kind of meant a lot that a couple people said I actually care about this thing that that we kind of put out there into the into the abyss or whatever, and you don't really know if anyone's listening. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think it was great to to see that we're having an impact like to see that i don't know however small it might be i'm not i'm not even sure that it's us in our defense i think it's just the idea of getting something out there where we're just willing to be like yeah i messed this up oh this didn't go well (laughs) yeah i mean there might be a silent majority that hates what we do but i didn't hear from that (laughs) probably (laughs) you know the beauty of a podcast though is for the people that that do hate it which i'm sure those exist they just don't put in the time to listen well, well, I mean, right. like that's the, by the nature of the consumption, but by, by your choice to consume this, the, whatever content we put out there, right. well, then you have some interest. And if you don't, you'll just stop. I mean, it's sort of a nice format in that way. Fair enough. Yeah. It was fun, though. Yeah. It was good seeing you, good seeing some other folks there. That's actually the topic of what we're covering today is kind of our reactions. I don't know that we'll have any more intelligent responses than that, but our reactions <laughs> to going back to an in-person conference. Um, this is... I guess maybe the second or third conference I went to since COVID, but the first kind of major conference in our domain was was this one we were just out last week. And so we're going to talk about some of our experiences, some of uh, what, what went well and maybe what didn't, and kind of also talk about where do we think the, the things we saw or the reactions we had are temporary. We'll get over it. We'll, we'll evolve back to either what we used to do or some new normal and which things are likely going to be with us. We're going to just have these as at least for the foreseeable future, maybe not forever, but for a while. Sure. So that's the aim of this. Yeah. So um, 
Maybe let's start off by talking about some of the temporary things, the things that were just odd or uncomfortable or whatever that, that we noticed there. So um, I've got a couple, maybe you've got a couple, and we can kind of play tennis back and forth here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, context here. We're coming out of COVID, right? Or at least, you know, a, a lot of places are, are starting to be in that kind of mode of, of social behavior. And so we're at these conferences, and I found a thing that I was – a little embarrassed to admit, but I think I'm not the only one, is like the social norms of interacting with a person. Do I shake hands with them? Do I do the fist bump kind of thing? Do I do the kind of elbow bump out to the side? If it's someone I know really well, do I hug the person? Like what? what is kind of the social norm that goes on? And I felt like in a lot of situations, I found myself kind of giving that quizzical look to the person across from me and being like, what are we doing? You know, and, and kind of making a cutesy, like, I don't know what to do. Do you know what to do? What should I do? But like, I, it was also a little weird. Like, if I'm being honest, yeah. I, I felt a little uncomfortable at those interactions until I saw what the other person did. Because I just didn't want to offend them, you know? Oh, man. We're pretty different there. I just went for it. Yeah. I just reached out my hand every single time. Yeah. I just reached out my hand and most people reached for it too, almost instinctively. So I didn't, I didn't get any hesitation. Maybe they were just humoring me. Did you have any instances where you like reached out hand, like vertical open hand for a shake and they reach back with a fist bump? Cause that um, would be great. No, I didn't have that either, but I thought no. that, like surely that happened somewhere in the conference. Right. Someone I'm sure that. that happened to someone that, that didn't happen to me, but like they also didn't look at my hand and like disgust. Like, sure. what are you doing? What are you set with savagery? Is this like, yeah get that out of here like they didn't do that either so i feel like for me I, it was more of just like the the awkwardness i just didn't know what to do like when someone did that i wouldn't i would just shake their hand you know but like right. when it was for whatever reason sometimes in some circles i feel like i'm the maybe the one initiating what what yeah. the social norm will be and in others i'm receiving and mm, i feel like great. when i was initiating i i was not i didn't know the rules to it so it was like back to i don't know I'm just uncomfortable with what we're doing here. So, so I actually kind of appreciate it in a way when someone did that, when they're yeah, like, here, yeah. I'm going to shake your hand. Okay, well, I know what's going on here. I, I just think it's an automatic thing. I mean, during the pandemic, there was all that talk about, oh, maybe the handshake will go away forever. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. If, if last week was any indication, I, I think the handshake is coming back. Yeah, I think you're right. I so I was one of those people that I was like, let it die off, let it die off, right? Didn't no. didn't I, th- I feel like the handshake started from like some like medieval like checking for a sword up the person's yeah, to show sleeve. that I'm unarmed. Yeah, right. Come Something on, which we don't need this. Like all we can, that can just <laughs> die off. This is all spare parts at this point. We don't need this. Like I I was the kind of person I was like, let it let it die off. I don't need this. But now, like especially in talking with you and some others there, I'm I'm convinced. It won't die off. I was wrong, or not wrong, but just my way won't won't be had. Like I think what a lot of people have said, maybe you, but definitely others mm-hmm. have mentioned too. They like the idea of it being a thought free process. Like yes. I, I just know what goes on when I meet yeah. someone, and it's this sort of I don't know ritual or whatever that we just agree. Okay, we're just going to do this thing where we're going to hold hands for a second and then it's over and now we like I mean, when you weird. say it like that it sounds weird i know it, <laughs> but, but it is kind of a weird like if you zoom out like it's it's a strange norm that we've all just kind of pretty much globally maybe not entirely globally that's yeah. probably a little overly simplified but largely globally just accepted like oh that's a thing we'll just do but you hit the nail on the head i mean i think it's it's a great just automatic thought-free ritual that you do just to avoid that awkwardness that you were just describing yeah. of do I 
shake your hand? Do I hug you? Do I fist? It's just an automatic thing. It takes away that awkwardness completely. So you can actually start the interaction with something that may be a bit more meaningful. Yeah. You know, it's, it, yeah. I mean, you're right. Ultimately, I, I, I do agree with what you're saying. It is that that's a temporary thing that it was awkward and it will go back. I, I'm thinking even to my own experience there, it was funny because as I would interact with people I did not know as well, mm-hmm. I was a lot more cognizant of what do I do and what are they mm-hmm. looking to do and how do I not make anyone uncomfortable or whatever. And uh, conversely, there was a couple other, you know, colleagues, yourself included, Mm -hmm. people that I just knew from pre-COVID era. And and it was sort of like we snapped right back, almost like Mm -hmm. the two years or however long it's been just didn't even happen. And so that was kind of an interesting thing, too. Like I had a a colleague who's a close collaborator, um, you know, and she came to some meeting and it was just like. I'll give you a hug. And it wasn't, it wasn't even like, we didn't have to do that check of like, wait, what are you doing? What are you like? What's the, and so it was kind of a interesting thing that this is very much, at least in my mind, kind of based on what, what level of knowledge do I have of a person? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, I I ran into, you know, a few graduate students who knew me, Mm. uh, from, from my work or from, from their advisors and, um, yeah, they tended to be pretty formal in in when I first met them. So they they definitely kind of led with a led with a handshake. But you're right. There's there's some more familiar interactions that occur with people that you are a little bit more acquainted from. Yeah, or more acquainted with rather. So let's go to the at least in my eye the the next logical sort of what do I do masks right that we were at a conference and and just I'm sure not everyone listening may have been there. They did some uh, a handful of precautions, which are probably going to be typical now. Things like checking for either negative COVID tests or vaccines um, that they've been given, and that kind of thing. So, so they did a number of precautions, um, and probably like a lot of conferences, masks were optional. They were kind of encouraged or suggested, but anyone can do what they want. And I noticed at a lot of different events, it was a very different proportion of attendees who would or would not wear a mask. And I found that I was very, much like the handshake, I was like, do I do this or not? Like, what, what do I do? Put, I'll put it on, put it on. Everyone, everyone around me has, okay, I'll put it on. And other places, like, oh, no one has this on. Okay, well, I'm going to take the mask out. And so I felt like that was a thing, too, that I don't think that'll be with us long term. Maybe masks at all, but at least the awkwardness of what do I do? And that felt, I was a little, I, I noticed yeah. I noticed myself thinking as I'd walk into a room, what do I do? Do I put it on? It's in my pocket. Or, oh no, take it off. Take, like, I didn't know what to do. Did you, did you have that awkwardness? It, yeah. And I, and I think it comes from, you know, wh- where I am in, in Florida, they, they don't, I mean, masks are uh, very much optional. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's not common uh, to see people wearing them. Um, but this type of conference, right, pulls people from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? It pulls people from all around the country. It pulls people from international internationally and you know everyone has sort of a different um, norm in place for for how to how to handle masks and so it, it was interesting to see that level of, of variety and I, I'm kind of with you I tended to look at what the majority was doing yeah. and sort of just trying to um, comply with that so I had my mask in my pocket a lot but then I kind of pulled it out if I went into a room where it was like oh okay everyone's wearing masks all right I'll I'll I'll, I'll play but yeah. It was um, it was strange, but you're right. I, I think that over time, as um, you know, we move further through the pandemic, I think that everyone will get more on the same page. I think we'll see less of it. Yeah, I think so. I and I, I guess I'm even thinking of just like the 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 
norms around it, right? Like when, when you and I first met up when we mm-hmm. were there, I mean, you were standing on your own. I think you were checking email or whatever you were doing. Mm-hmm. You were just in the lobby and you didn't have a mask on, right? There's mm-hmm. no one by you. Like I would, that makes sense at that point. Mm-hmm. I did because I just came out of a meeting. Everyone had mm-hmm. masks on. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking down with another person. We've got three people in a group. You're not wearing one. I'm wearing one. The other person's wearing one. But we're also like, we're not in a crowded room. Like, it's this big mm-hmm. open lobby. It's just three of right. us. So, and so I remember even kind of glancing at the other person at one point, like, is this, is this, as, I, as I'm about to take my mask yeah, off. Yeah, I did know. Yeah, yeah. Is this okay? We're going to, okay, we're going to do that. Which is sort yeah. of silly, right? Like, at a certain point, like, everyone's taking a, a certain level of risk anyway by virtue of right. the fact that they're like, yeah, I'm right. going. I'm, I have a level of comfort with this that there, you, could, you could get COVID or just the common cold or any, any other thing there. Right. Um, but I noticed myself having to do those kind of glances and being like, okay, we're, we're okay with this. All right. We're okay. You know? Yeah. It's definitely a comfort level thing. Yeah. Some, some folks that I saw, um, you know, were masked the entire time and, and I think it, it comes from their comfort level with it and, and, you know, where, what the standard is, where they're from. I tried to, in my sort of, uh, social accounting in my mind though, identify that. And when it was a situation then I, like I also don't care about where I'm, I'm open to, I'm, I don't have a problem where, so then I would also like actively be like, right. okay, I'm going to put it on. Cause this person clearly seems to prefer it, you know? And so mm-hmm. it was this thing that I guess in a way is good to be cognizant of what others think, but then there, I just noticed myself spending intellectual capital, like running the numbers of right, who's right. doing what, you know? Yeah. So this may then go with another, uh, probably short-term awkwardness that I noticed at least because, you know, people were wearing masks and because it had been two years, there was a number of situations where I'd meet people that I should have recognized and didn't, right? Either <laughs> yeah. because it was like, you know, I'm, I'm covering up my yeah. mouth, you can hear on the, yeah. like, as I'm covering, either I couldn't recognize their voice or I only saw kind of north of their nose, right? <laughs> or right. or just like some situation um, where I, I felt a little silly. And part of why I'm comfortable talking about it here is the reverse happened to me too. I had plenty of situations yeah. where people are like, Oh, we met. Oh, yeah, we met. You know, and the, and I, they had that moment yeah. too. Um, did you have any individuals that you should have recognized and didn't, or should have recognized you and didn't? I'm not asking for names, but like the instances. It it definitely yes, it definitely happened. Yeah, I don't I don't want to give specific names, but no. yeah, it definitely happened. Um, because some people look just very very different, mm-hmm. you know, without it. Like like I'm looking at you right now, and you, and you you have a beard, right? But with the mask on, you wouldn't be able to tell True. that. And so, you know, I look to things like that as identifiers yeah. of, of people. And so if that's gone, it's really hard to just gate, say, who are, like it takes yeah. a long time to register if it, if it ever does. Sometimes I have to hear the person's voice to really, to really trigger it. Yeah, it's true. I, I often, the voice is helpful for me, but yeah, those other cues I'm with you, you know, if someone has an interesting hairstyle, I'll notice that, or if they have a clothing style or something, whatever the thing is that I would pick up. And if I don't get that from a zoom screen interaction or they're covered in somewhere, in other ways, I just don't see it. It's, it's tricky. I had an instance where I was sitting next to an individual who, who I know of the individual's work. We've had zoom uh, chats. Like I'm, I'm familiar that you really cool work actually. So I've, I've gotten to know the person a little bit over, um, the pandemic and I sat next to the individual for a couple presentations. And only after the individual showed me the name tag did I put two and two together. You know, it was uh, just one of those. And I felt a little stupid, but it's also like, I think, what do you do? You just you just acknowledge like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's a Zoom thing. And I, that was actually kind of a thing that I noticed at this conference. It seemed like the forgiveness level for social awkwardness was just higher. 
Right? Like everyone, I, I feel like no one was really like, you don't know who I am. Everyone was kind no, of like, no, no, no. Everyone's yeah, in the same boat. Right, though. right. I, I think that's the issue is, you know, they, yeah. like it's this, what you said at the beginning, like people may recognize our voices from doing this podcast, but may not know what we look like. Yeah. Right. They may hear us talk and say, oh, that sounds familiar. Uh, and and they, it's the same kind of thing, right? If you're missing some part of that, you know, identity, whether it's some part of their face that's being covered or you know, you don't hear their voice or you don't, it's really tough to put the pieces together. Well, we've got, we've got faces for podcasting. So, <laughs> um, so on that note, other, other items then that I, I noticed that I think will probably be temporary in this, but it kind of goes with this. I remember also meeting people there who I just hadn't heard of. It wasn't a matter of I should have recognized them. I hadn't met them, right? But it was because it had been two years. There were people that I noticed were faculty members that I had never heard of or were grad students that in my discussion with them, how's it going? You know, where are you in your path? They said, well, I just defended. You know, it's like, oh, wow, you're on the job market already and I, I haven't heard of you. Um, and that was, I think, more of just being, you know, away from the conference scene for a while. Yeah. I kind of miss that because I don't know if you feel this way, but like because you don't see grad students' names maybe as often in papers because they're still building up their portfolio, I really like the repeti- repetitive seeing them at this conference and this mm-hmm. conference and this because it helps me to build up my, my flashcard deck of who's who. When I've just met someone once there, like I know some of the faculty names because they've been at a bunch of the conferences mm-hmm. already and they're already in the, the Rolodex in my mind, but it's sort of like the the grad students and junior faculty that was a thing that it was a couple i was like oh man i gotta start building up my who's who in yeah. here because there's a lot of folks that are getting well established that i just was out of the loop on yeah i mean it, it takes time right like the the folks that we we know the consistent faculty who have been faculty mm-hmm. for five years 10 years 15 years 20 years right they're the constants across all of these conferences that we attend and then the grad students are the variables who may be there for three to four years and then they may go to industry they may go to a faculty position and then become sort of more of these mainstays and so yeah it's been two years of a gap basically of i i don't know where anyone is in the process anymore um, I was surprised some already had jobs, like yeah. some already had a position. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize you were that far along, yeah. but maybe that <laughs> checks out. I don't know. Like you just lose track of it um, yeah. over that period. And so it, it, I would, I feel bad for new faculty that just started during COVID because I, I feel like they yeah. have lost a year or two of networking yeah. um, that is difficult to make up because it, you, you really have to make a name for yourself out there and you have to people need to know who you are and conferences have always been one of the main ways of doing that Mm -hmm. of just people recognize you they see you they get to know you they talk to you um and so without that man i I I feel like there's some catch-up to be done for some of those those new faculty or or graduate students that have just are just coming out of covid yeah i think you're right i mean this is you know we talked a little about this in passing I generally, I was a person who did just fine with a lot of remote things. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit of an introvert if I have my preference. And so I, I don't mind. There's a lot I like about Zoom and remote. But one thing that I realized in a very big way at that is you just don't get the organic connection, mm-hmm. right? And so for a lot of these folks, if they're not right in my field of doing a lot of things that I do, 
I'm not going to set up a Zoom meeting. And it's not a matter of right. saying I won't meet with you. I just I just won't. I just it won't it won't come up. Whereas there, yeah, there was a lot of times where it was just like, oh, we're having coffee. All right, well, you're standing here. Let's chat, you know, or whatever. Yeah, There's right, a lunch right. going on and someone else is at your table. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. If, if new faculty are starting up, that's a thing that I think they're going to have to be very proactive about by year two yeah. or three. Or now that they're in it and they're getting out yep, more because, yep. yeah, they didn't get it in year one. Because what, what makes a, a lot of the students and the folks that I meet very memorable to me anyway, is kind of learning things accidentally about yeah. them. It's that impromptu conversation where we're talking and we're like, oh, you're from Pennsylvania too. Or, oh, you collaborated with so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, I wrote a paper with him. And so finding those kind of connections helps me to get to know that student a heck of a lot better and makes them just more memorable in my mind because then they become, oh, we're from the same same part of Pennsylvania or oh, he, he's worked with, with this, this other faculty that I've collaborated with in the past. And so it, it helps to make these mental links for me. Otherwise, like I feel like the student just exists sort of in my head somewhere unconnected to anything else. And it, then it's really hard to you know be memorable. Um, and so over Zoom and doing these conferences online, you just never got that level of just accidental, oh, we have this in common or oh, yeah you know, we did that together and it's, you just don't get that when it's so scheduled. Like you need this unscheduled impromptu meeting time to really make that happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's funny. I, I, I guess I hadn't thought of it in exactly in those terms, but I agree. I mean, when I think about the people that I remember, often it is these maybe even unrelated to what they do stories, yeah. the where they grew up or we have a similar interest or remember that funny conference in the past where we had yeah. dinner, whatever. And and something about the way I, I catalog in my mind who I know, those stories I will recall way more readily oh, than... Easy. Than whatever they, they were working on. Right. I, I, I don't know. Like I don't a lot either. of people told me what they did, but I don't remember. But if we had some funny, you know, story at an Irish bar, then I'm like, okay. Yeah. But even that though, in the spirit of like what we're talking about here, this is celebrating failure. I even feel like that's a thing that is worth celebrating that like I now I don't have to feel stupid because I'm an academic and still don't know a lot of what others do academically. I just remember that funny story about their dog that reminded me of my dog. Whatever the thing is. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's that's okay that you don't have to know the the intellectualism of who's who out Seriously, there. Seriously, it's you know? way more memorable to me. Yeah. Like, much a student more. can approach me and describe what they do in like two minutes and it'll be in one ear out the other. But if we find out we have some weird connection through something else – that is like, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Okay. And then you become sort of connected in with all the other people <laughs> that are in my head. That's funny. You're, you're definitely right. It's just like you're, you're in a different echelon of the mind at that point. Oh, if you also, yeah. you, you have this tag yeah. where now when yeah. I go to, the, to query my mind of what's there, I can, yeah. I can recall you. So this is, I feel like we've covered a lot of the items that I think at least, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, I think are stumbling blocks on the way to a new normal. There, there are things that we're going to notice at a first or second kind of conference out, but they're not going to be a forever sure. thing. Um, I'm not saying that masks will or won't happen, but the, the norms around what we do, I think will normalize to where I won't be spending time thinking about it. Do you have sure. any other thoughts from your experience of at the conference of items that you noticed that you found yourself just being like, oh yeah, there's that, that will normalize, that won't be long-term? Uh, maybe just the planning of time like planning oh, of time yeah. element of, yeah. of a of a conference like you know when we were doing things on zoom 
you know, I've been scheduling back-to-back -back Zoom meetings, right? And so to transition from one Zoom meeting to the other is instantaneous, right? I can close one, open the next one. I'm here, then I'm there. Um, In-person conferences, not so much, right? I got to move across the building or go to a different floor in between sessions. Or, you know, I might think to myself, oh, I need to go deal with some emails. Let me go budget, you know, 30 minutes in between. I'll, I'll head back up to the room, answer some emails, and I'll come back and resume looking at sessions. Well, that never happened. Because it was, there's a, a million little interactions that occur in between all of these events that mean that I can't just go seamlessly from one to the other. I'd start walking and then someone would come to me and say, hey, oh, I, you know, hey, how are you doing? It's been a long time to see. And well, I'm starting to this whole conversation. Uh, and then there goes that 30 minutes. So that's gone. Hmm. Uh, maybe I'll try again later. Uh, but it, I don't, like, I don't dislike that type of interaction, but I just was not, I definitely overestimated what I could do in the time that I had because I was so used to doing things on Zoom and being able to instantly flip between them. So when you introduce people along the way and people to talk to and things to get distracted by um, at a conference, I just really overestimated <laughs> what I could get done um, outside of sort of the conference activities. Yeah. So. It's, it's definitely like a longer format interaction. Every yep. every version of interaction that you could do in person or online, it just seems like the in-person is just a slower burn yep. to that that whole experience of how it all... It's worth it in every way. Yeah, like, there's I a lot of benefits. Love it. I, would not, I do not want to go back to Zoom, but I just was <laughs> not I, mentally in the right place to be able to judge how long things were going to take because yeah. I'd gotten so used to the easy transitions of Zoom over the past two years. Yeah. I, it's interesting. I, I'm still a bit split on what I'm rooting for, but I think you're right that more of this is going to happen in person and there is undoubtedly value to it. So I'm, I'm still with you in saying that there was a lot of it I liked. I do like some elements of Zoom. I will also say, maybe looking at some of the longer term things, things that'll be with us. We talked about this in our last podcast on conferences, and it's like I just forgot when I was there, is how tiring it is. If you're, yeah. if you're not like a born extrovert who just gets yeah. a charge of just working the whole room and getting to know everyone, one of the comments you said just a moment ago, you said, you know, I didn't get a chance to go back and do emails and that kind of thing. I had in my mental scheduling of, of, of the time there, I got to a point where I was hearing myself and what I was saying in conversations and the person, people I was talking to were, were, were lovely, but I found myself being like, what are you saying? You sound like this. Because I was tired. I was just like, yeah. I could tell I just wasn't sharp. I wasn't really there in the conversation. So I had um, a couple of different moments where I was just like, I just need 15 minutes. I'm just going to go to the room. I'm just going to close my eyes. I just need 15 minutes. Because um, I, unlike Zoom, which can also be tiring in a day-long conference differently, the in-person is is exhausting in a different way where it just feels yeah. like, I don't know, if you're if, if you're being on the whole time, I was just like, oh, gosh, I'm, right. this takes it out of you. Yeah, Zoom, you can turn off your camera for a few right. minutes and just sort of like zone out a little bit. Yeah. Can't really do that in the middle of a conversation uh, in person. I, I think you're right. I, I think the the in-person events are are draining sort of emotionally, I think. Yeah. Um, and I have no stamina for it right now. So <laughs> I need to need to build that back up. On that note, let's get controversial with this then. So I've got okay. one. It's not really controversial, but I think it's one that we will disagree on based on All our right. earlier chats. So um, in-person conference, right? 
But yeah. as probably is expected, not everyone from around the world is in a spot where traveling, it makes sense right now, right? Whether the situation's worse there or vaccinations aren't out or whatever the reason may be. So, you know, we're at a conference and, and logically a number of presentations are remote. They're pre-recorded. Um, I think some version of this is likely to stay for a while. Maybe not, not forever. You don't think it's going to stay? I, ho- I hope not. I don't, I don't know. I can't, I'm not going to make a prediction here, but I hope not. So in case anyone listening, you know, essentially it was the same kind of presentation on a paper that you might expect at a conference. It was just pre-recorded. So it was like a Zoom, Zoom recording, um, which, which I, you know, I think given the circumstances makes complete sense to do at the, at the moment. But our question now is less about the conference we were just at, but, but is this going to continue? I feel like it will, because I just think given the differences that may exist in different countries in terms of regulations or, or you know, specific situations that they're in in a given country with, you know, whether it be health reasons or whatever, it just seems like this makes a lot of sense in terms of access to getting your work out there and including others. And there's a whole lot of it I like, but as a, as a consumer of that presentation right. content, I'm kind of with you that it's it's at least a very different experience because there's no Q and A right after right. it. I can't I can't hang on until the end of that session and right. say, oh, I'm going to go talk with that author because she was really interesting or whatever. And yeah. so that it was a weird experience, but I kind of feel like that's going to stay. I just, yeah. I mean, I I, I sat through a couple of them just because they were intermixed sure. within the the normal sessions, right? Um, I just compared to the lot. It, it was really jarring because. You had these live presenters um, who, you know, were there. They were very good at what they were saying. They were making eye contact with the audience. You know, they were, some of them were, were really skilled at reading the crowd and sort of adjusting what they were saying based on, you know, what people were, the faces that they were getting from, from the audience, right? Some of them were quite good at that. Um, and then you go to this, this pre-recorded video, um, which is many of the ones that I watched were, were perfect, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they were perfect in the sense that, you know, they may have recorded it and done it in 10 takes or yep. five takes or they may have really, really recorded it very carefully so that every word was carefully selected and the timing was perfect. Um, and it was just very jarring to go from one, which the imperfections of the presentation were sort of what was engaging about it to this one that is just perfectly produced um, and I mean, I, it was hard to, to watch those from, from my perspective. And I saw people from the audience get up and leave in a couple of cases, sure. you know, where they're just, they're, it's just really hard to get engaged with them. And, and so, yes, in terms of access, they, they do provide that. Um, but in terms of engagement, I, we have to still find a better way to incorporate them if, if they're going to be kept as part of future conferences, right? They, I don't think they can be slotted alongside the in-person ones i think that does create some weirdness for the audience yeah it feels like we ought to set up sort of a a situation that is conducive to that kind of presentation and and just leans into it basically okay well this is this is how yeah yeah i think i'm with you you mentioned an interesting thing on the eye contact which i think you're right about and i kind of hadn't thought about conscientiously here 
but like anyone listening could do this. I know it's a visual thing, but like, have you ever thought about like when you're talking, I'm talking to you and I see you on a video screen right now, but I'm not really looking at you looking at me. I'm looking at you looking at a screen of me, right? Like if I, if you actually okay. looked at your camera, it's very, it's weird. It's uncomfortable to talk. I can't see you. Right. right. Like I'm right. looking at the camera. So it's like, Correct. I'm looking at you, but it's, it's, yeah. it's actually uncomfortable. But when you're right. in a room, it's just the opposite. Correct. And so I almost wonder like, is there some switch in the mind that's like, um, that, that that shift from the person in front of me live to the screen that I'm looking at is is jarring. Because when I'm in Zoom conferences all day, I don't notice it. Like, I, I don't expect anyone to actually look like they're looking at me. They look like they're looking at the screen. And that's right. expected. Yeah, I think it's the medium. I just think it's yeah. when everyone is... This is why I just have never been really a fan of hybrid. Like, I think when it's all virtual, it's fine. And I think when it's all in person, it's fine. I think when we when we try to do the hybrid stuff, it I don't know. I just I don't feel it's as effective. And I mean, because of some of these reasons that that you're saying. I mean, well, let's dive in. Thank you. You're not going to like this one then either. But I so here's another one I have on my. I think we're going to get long. (laughs) Okay. Look, I think hybrid is here to stay. So okay, the I think you're kind of right in terms of the experience. I think hybrid's here to stay. It seems like we. Uh, as faculty or people, I'm going to say just leading, whatever that means in a mm-hmm. given uh, meeting. When you're leading a meeting, um, I think there is almost universal agreement that we don't prefer hybrid because you're kind of having to lead in two modes mm-hmm. synchronously, which is which is sort of a it's like a tapping your head and rubbing your stomach kind of thing. Sure. Um, but we, you know, in talking with others and even doing some surveys from some of the people that it was at the conference we were at. I found just overwhelming support for as attendees, people going to the meeting, people want the flexibility that's provided through hybrid. Um, I feel like that's here to stay. Am I wrong? Do you just like what? Uh, but are your- I feel okay. So, so what I feel like that question was probably actually asking was, would you like the meeting to be convenient to you? <laughs> right. And so, obviously, if they're there in person, they're going to say, "Yeah, I'd love to have in-person meetings." Or if they're going to be remote they're going to say yeah i prefer you know hybrid media so i i i just i guess it comes down to the objectives i mean i think if it's a meeting then you know perhaps it can be run as a hybrid um but i I think people are going to choose what's convenient for them at the time that if all things were equal and they didn't have to travel and they could just be there in person somehow magically transported from one place to another i think they would pick in person like Maybe. But I, I think that the it's really a question of convenience is what's driving the preference. Maybe. But even even looking at like the perspective of the people hosting, right? No one wants to get the the kind of angry emails of you did this and now I can't go to this thing. I feel like even the fear of those not fear maybe that's too strong a word, but the concern with getting those kind of emails is going to lead to more decisions. People say, you know what, we'll get less angry emails if we go hybrid. I think I think we are going to see that for a while. So hybrid meetings, you know, okay. But hybrid sessions, no. Yeah, that's a different thing. I'm kind I'll draw, of... draw the line on that one. Well, I don't think I'm, that should happen. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think it needs to needs to shift. I'm, it, it depends on the media. So that's another thing that I, I found myself being surprised at that kind of relates to this. There are some types of meetings, the sessions you just talked about, where it, it really is better right to be in person in some like i i had a project meeting with a team that um i've been working with over the last several years uh through the pandemic and it's a great team it's a really fun experience all has been going well but when we're all in the same place there was kind of a special like i feel like it wasn't just me i feel like there's this feeling of 
oh, this is nice. Like, I yeah. I can just see you shaking your head. You disagree. Why do you disagree? And it just kind of felt like everyone is seen, everyone is heard mm-hmm. in a way that's a little more uh, palpable than the Zoom thing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely think you, I would agree that for certain types of meetings, hybrid will not exist because it, it's just not as good for some things. So I think you're probably right for certain meetings. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would rather, I mean, I just, I don't like hybrid just as a rule, but you know, I, I'm okay with doing full virtual things and full in-person things. So, you know, if there's some sort of panel where there are speakers who are, um, you know, given a, a topic and, and sharing their expertise on a topic, then, you know, create a, a virtual panel and a in-person panel and either do it twice or have a different set of, you know, speakers to make that a, viable option for folks who who can't travel for the event yeah yeah that that makes sense i think i think we may i don't know if that i don't know if i agree that that will happen but i do think we'll get better at learning the mechanics of this through our own experiences to where i won't be surprised if we see more very purposeful decisions in why we select a mode given given the experience we're targeting right i think that's right like even even this right even when we think of something like a podcast right i mean so much of what we talk about are ways that we've messed things up and and you know kind of being willing to talk about failures and things that are like i'll i'll show my own insecurity if i were to talk about a lot of the topics we talk about here in that great big conference i think all of a sudden my confidence level would go way down <laughs> right cuz i don't want to share that to a big group yeah. when that to to 300 people I'm, yeah. I feel like, oh, they're going to say Steve's a moron. But when we're doing it in this format and it's just like that's consumed in just someone's ears when they're walking the dog or whatever, I feel like, okay, well, they get it. Like they've been there. They understand. Sure. And so I feel like that same kind of understanding will will kind of translate to other applications and people might pick modes based on what what the, the you know experience they're looking to facilitate is. Sure. Yeah, I think that we'll get better at determining what's what's the best media in order to deliver some kind of content and maybe it is all virtual for some maybe it's in person for others um but i i don't know if i can ever see a strictly duplicate version of things being done virtually in addition to in person i don't know that i could see duplicate either which is kind of part of why i think hybrids here yeah. I don't think we're get I think I think hybrid is gonna gonna be part of it. God. Let's hope not. So you asked me a question beforehand and I gave you some some answer, but I don't think I actually heard your answer. So I kinda wanna hear now on our recording what this oh, is. Oh well like. now I have to ask okay, so well, I, I can ask you I don't Okay, you can so, ask me the question. So right. when I'm when we were going to the con it's a good question. I I hadn't yeah. really thought of it. When we were going there, right, this yeah. for a lot of us in our domain was kind of the first big welcome back to in-person conferences since my institution hosted it two years ago. Um, so from your perspective and from those you interact with, do you think most people went there with inflated expectations of this is going to be even better, higher expectations than normal, lower than normal because it had been a while and it was sort of a strange situation or just like we never skipped a beat, just the same? So did I get the question so right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, right. that's good. That's well phrased. <laughs> okay. um, so I'll share what, what I think, what, what I went in with, and then I'll, I'll share what I think maybe most of the folks I interacted with, but I don't want to speak for them. But yeah. I definitely went in with, with higher expectations of 
you know, it's been two years. This is our first real in-person event. You know, I went in thinking, wow, I can't wait to you know see all these folks again. Um, this will be great. It'll be just like old times, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, and the reality was somewhat mixed, right? It wasn't just like old times, but it wasn't like, you, you know, something totally unexpected either. Like there were a lot of familiar things mixed in with some, you know, still weirdness shaking out from, from COVID. Um, but I don't know. I think the, the bulk of the folks that I interacted with, um, I think were more cautious. I think they were, they went in not quite knowing what to expect. Um, so I don't, I don't know, necessarily know that they went in with the excitement of, you know, this is a really cool event. Uh, I can't wait for it. I think they went in with a, let's, let's see, let's roll with it. Uh, let's be flexible and, and see what it's like. Like not everyone, but I, a lot of the folks that I talked to seem to be more in that camp. I mean, that's how I felt. You know, I was sort of making an analogy. If you think of it as like a a concert or something like that, you know, we're used to seeing, I don't know, a rock and roll concert. And this one was like, well, it's classical music this time. Like, I still know that I have a seat and I have a ticket that leads to a seat. And I know that I'm going to observe some performance. And like, there's certain things that I was like, yeah, I know this is going to happen. But there were a lot of things that I found myself being like, I don't know how this is going to go. And so I definitely had a not higher or lower, but just expecting to to, uh, actually you know what it was was lower confidence in my expectations Uh that's what it really was just like i don't know what's going to go on don't know what to expect right yeah Yeah. and some of it though you're right was just the same like there were a number of things that were weird and we talked about a handful of those but there were also plenty of items that were just kind of like yeah this is the same that were really familiar like okay there's some average hotel coffee and like (laughs) you know (laughs) right you know, lines, you know, you're in line at getting some food and you're having random conversations with people around you. I mean, those kind of things were all the same. That, right? It was all very familiar. Just There was just uh, that weird kind of underlying awkwardness that people were just trying to figure out how this was going to go. And all the all the familiar headaches that we get to, like, oh, your flight oh, got canceled because there's weather. Or, uh, oh, there's no Wi-Fi in this room, so g- good luck. Or, oh, the clicker's out of batteries. Or whatever little things, by the, which happens at, at any conference, these kinds of things happen. But these little nuanced things, it's just like, oh, yeah, you have to do that. I forgot about that, right? Or whatever yeah. the little, little quirks are. The travel thing was a big one. I, yeah. I had mentally blocked uh, what it was like to, to go through an airport and yeah. transfer flights and have to deal with weather and... <laughs> Like each, each day getting to this conference was just bookended by just nine plus hours of, of travel. And I was just like, Oh my God. And I was one of the lucky ones. I know some folks got flights canceled and I one of my grad students didn't get back till Tuesday or something. Nope. Like it was a, an absolute nightmare. Yeah. But it's you know, in a way, in a way, I don't know, maybe it should be, but it feels like this is like the good problem to have. Like, the part of me that wants to be able to go, even though I say, you know, I'm an introvert, all these things, I, I want to be able to go to conferences. I, I, I do, yeah, I yeah. do still genuinely enjoy interacting with people. I'm not, I'm not faking that. I actually enjoy interacting with others. So it's, it's a nice problem to have that we are returning, but it's mm-hmm. just like, I, dumb me, forgot about the yeah. <laughs> last years. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah. I have to iron clothes again. You know, all these yeah, like little yeah. things that it was just like, well, you don't have to do that for the last couple of years. So. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you go to the airport and it's like, why are these people standing and they're calling like, <laughs> Like, with sit down. Like, oh, yeah, right. Dude, when someone's in, like, group nine, like, and they're on group two. Where are you standing? Sit, sit down. down. <laughs> You've got 25 minutes. Like, just okay. sit down. This is so... Oh, I feel like this is not worth keeping in, but whatever. I don't care. Uh, since we're talking about... <laughs> that is a little pet peeve. Totally annoys me. You know the other one that annoys me? 
you're in your rows. If you're row 19 in the plane or whatever, and someone's in row 20, who should exit the plane first? The person in 19. That's the way yeah, it works, right. right? And then you always get those people that are like, I'm going to get ahead of you. I get, you know? <laughs> no, they're aisle standers because yeah. the second the plane comes to a stop, they're oh, jumped gosh. up out of their seat and get down their bag. I did that once on a plane, I will admit, because I was not having any of that. It was a power play with the guy across that is a the power way from play. me. Yeah. Yeah. And I would not, yeah, I would be giving you a surly look from my I know. Seat. Well, he was, he was just, he was jockeying for position. And I was like, no, nah, this is not happening right now. This is, this is hour nine and a half. So oh, no, <laughs> you're going to sit down. All those stupid things I just forgot about. All right. Let's go. Let's close with one other discussion question that we had that I feel like is kind of a fun way to end it. So we were at this conference and I think overwhelmingly it was, it was a great experience. I think the, the folks who hosted it did a great job. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed seeing a bunch of folks there. But now with the benefit of hindsight, if we could if we could look into our crystal ball and cast the next conference, the one that happens in a month that's not existent, but whatever. Something where we get to define what we would like to see, given the environment we're in at the moment, what would be some of the things you would or would not do at your conference of conference of the future, in your ideal conference? Oh, conference of the future. Uh, so like no, no hybrid. hybrid. Yeah, I'm just sure. <laughs> <laughs> no hybrid. Yeah. Hybrid's off the menu. <laughs> I still that's think that, that's not going to work. But I, but for this discussion point, that's a great dis- that's a great yeah, great that's answer. Number one. Yeah. Uh, um, but like, like more, you know, more seriously, um, I would, you know, like there to be more, uh, downtime and, mm. um, you know, to, you know, whether it's, you know, ending sessions or earlier or something, because I, I find that the sessions are informative. Yes. And we have to fit in a certain number of sessions within the time frame of the conference. Totally get it. Um, but I find that the value of the conference to me and to many graduate students is, the networking aspect of it. And I find that even if there's time to, you know, leave the hotel and go, go somewhere and do something together, whether it's to go get dinner somewhere, whether it's go, you know, visit a museum or something like that would be that time spent with other people kind of outside of the expectations of the conference are sometimes just more valuable than go, you know, an extra session or something. So I think more time for that. And I think that stuff may have been limited, you know, due to, due to COVID and, and certain precautions that were still in place. But um, I would love to see more of that. Yeah. I mean, it's a big conference. Too. I mean, that, that, at least at yeah. this particular, there's also just, there's a lot of people that need to yeah. pr- present what they've, they've done. Right. One thing that I would add to that, that I would like to see, I don't think this will work either, by the way. So this is more of the, the thought experiment than what will happen. I actually like the idea of shorter presentations. I would be okay yeah. with the idea of going to a five-minute presentation, which I can already feel a lot of people listening are going to be like, no, that's a terrible no. idea. You need yeah. But like, what I feel like can be beneficial to that is especially when the presenters are either grad students or maybe junior faculty, and you're still figuring out how do I convey this really big vision to a group who mostly doesn't know the vision, right? Maybe they've right. heard of you, but I don't know the vision. I actually think there's value. It's sort of an addition through subtraction. Like by getting to the level where you can present the big idea in five minutes, 
I would even give the total amount of time unchanged, maybe. Give more yeah. time for discussion at the end. Let's have more yeah. time for Q&A. Um, I just, I, I find myself, the times I've been in sessions where the Q&A has run long, mm-hmm. I found myself being like, oh, that was a great session. Like, that was a yeah. really interesting direction to go in. Sometimes you even get, like, presentation one tying into presentation three, and there's mm-hmm. this sort of ad hoc discussion mm-hmm. that happens. And I just think that's such a special experience that, the the conference, especially the in person conference, enables. And I wish, I, it, at the at my conference of the future, we would have three to five minute presentations, purely mm. overview on what you did. The paper's still there, so the long the long form yeah. items are there. Three to five minutes longer to discuss. I I like that idea. I think that um, it's highly unorthodox yeah. in like the yeah it won't take off you know the traditional <laughs> conference setup that we have, yeah. but. I think it's really cool. Like, get it down in hell. Just be be really aggressive. Just lean all into it and say, you get one slide. Yeah. Like, fit whatever you need on on one slide and talk to it. And then the rest is just discussion. Mm. Like, that would really contain it down to, you know, three to five minutes of presentation. You know what would happen, though? You know what happened if we if oh, we it would did be unreadable. That. It would be the, unreadable or, slides. Or we'd have if it was like the the I don't know sixty seconds or whatever. I guess you couldn't do it if you limited by slide. But you still have those presentations that would be three minutes long, and slide two would be right. here's my agenda. Yeah. You wouldn't have time for an agenda. You've got three minutes. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, yeah. Go to it. You're done. This, this is this is almost like the airplane pet thief. I don't know why, and it's kind of. I'm not right, by the way, so I'm just caveating this if anyone disagrees with me. I'm not right. This is only my opinion. But, like, I don't like the idea of an agenda slide for any presentation under 30 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe. Like, I feel like for any of these plenary presentations, you can hold my attention for 10 minutes. You don't have to tell me. Just surprise me with it. Right, Plus, right, right, especially right. when the agenda is just the outline of your paper, I already kind right. of know what you're going to come to. Skip that right. slide. I don't need it. <laughs> that goes with that narrative and sort of story building. I think we've talked about in, in previous um, previous podcasts about you know how to make a good presentation, right? Like the people that are really good at narrative really don't need a you don't need an agenda at all because you're just telling a story. People can jump onto the story. I feel like this is where that two to three to five minute presentation forces that and and if you're not good at coming up with a narrative you'll at least get better right because i I think like by necessity you have to truncate the whole thing so now it's just a matter of what can i cut right Right. so the four slides that cited 30 papers in my lit review to say i did my homework i'm gonna i'm gonna you know uh, shrink that down a whole bunch And, and some of that stuff you know i think as a viewer i would appreciate actually I like it, but I think that's a super unpopular opinion. Oh, I agree. I, this is never like, going to take off. This is never I think you'll have off. mobs with pitchforks uh, so, with that kind of change. I heard this is not my idea, so I'm stealing this from someone else. And so okay. I, I cre- giving credit where it's due. But at my conference, uh, since since we get to just make up the conference sure. of the future, we are going to have in the presentations, you have to take, I don't know, 25% of your time to discuss limitations and challenges <laughs> and problems that you hit. Because it seems like in a lot of these papers, we'll do this study, and at the end, we'll be like, this study's limited by these things. And they're not really a big deal, but they're kind of a big deal. Right. And we're just going to brush over them. I feel like we would learn a lot more, almost in a la celebrating yeah. failure. You've got to take some of your time and talk about where you either messed up or things didn't go to plan. Not like you found interesting counterintuitive results, but like you probably shouldn't have done it this way. Or you made a choice methodologically that has major implications for what you can know in terms of its limitations. You got to take some time to talk about that. I think that would be valuable. I mean, that's more of a learning, right? That's in the spirit of learning. Yeah. 
right? It lessens the spirit of just showing you what I did, which I feel like a lot of the presentations turn into show and tell yeah. as opposed to uh, a, a real, you know, useful um, way to collect feedback. Yeah. And share ideas. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gotten this one fully baked, but somehow at my conference too, we're going to ensure the quality of questions as well. Because I, I was at a couple. Uh, uh, this isn't even recently. This is, this is in prior conferences, but it still holds true today. A couple of presentations um, where the questions are more of like just the you didn't do this, and it's not really. It's, it's almost right. like just, just finding faults and flaws. Uh, not that there's necessarily something wrong with that. I mean, I actually think there can be value to it, but when, when presented in a way that is sort of barbed and it's a it's a here's a jab at you or something like that i find myself sort of being like what is what's the person up at front going to do with that like that's really just like taking his or her dissertation work and kind of saying it's not good you know and i feel like okay well i I like failure but i like failure such such that it supports success and i would almost like some kind of protocol or some some way of like helping to create well-formed questions that are either genuine questions that are seeking a response or are suggestions in a way that is usable or, or constructive or otherwise supports the long-term success. Well, that sounds like either A, an idea for another podcast or mm-hmm. uh, it's it's one that we have to, that should be like a, maybe a workshop or something. Because I think what that involves is training people in the audience how to ask good questions. Because I, I was in a couple of presentations like, like what you say where the intent of the question was more to just get the presenter to admit that they made this mistake. <laughs> like, just say you did it. Like, right. I know you did it. So just say you did it. Like, that was that was basically what the question was trying to get to. And it was not super constructive yeah. um, because it, it just, it didn't get them to maybe elaborate on why they picked something over one method over some other method. Like, it was just to say, okay, this is not right. So just say that it's not right. Like yeah. it, so, which is just not a very constructive uh, comment. So there probably maybe some training for, you know, people in the audience on how to ask a, you know, useful question. Yeah. I like that idea the workshop or the podcast, but I think it's a good idea. I go. just like when you think of like a defense, right there, I'm asking potentially more pointed questions because these are going to lead to revisions that you can then incorporate and, and right. improve. There's the an actionable thing you can do. Right. Here, the paper's already published. Like, what, right. what yeah, is it you want them to do at this right. point? Like, the thing right. you don't like already happened. So right. now you're just voicing your dis- distaste for it. So, I mean, yeah, it just feels like, all right, what, what's the what's the outcome there? Yeah, agree. By the way, I'm I'm going to this conference if, if it ever happens because I already like a number of these items here. Any other the items? The only way it's going to happen is if you set it up yeah, because, not, again, you are stating no, some unpopular things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, my conference will never take off. No. Um, I think that's all I've got in terms of things that I would really be actively trying to, to do in the conference of the future. Any, any other thoughts on your side of other items you'd want to incorporate or exclude? I mean, I... I I said it, you know, I, I don't, I don't really like hybrid. I'm not hybrid's biggest fan or proponent. Um, but you know, I, I do like the idea of maybe having some sessions be entirely virtual. I mean, just because people are in person doesn't preclude them from attending something virtually, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they could attend it virtually and it would, they could still participate. So, but it still gives those folks who aren't able to travel an opportunity to do something. Right. If they still want to participate in the conference and maybe it's I mean, we, we didn't really have it at this conference, but a lot of times there's poster sessions and things. And so there's other opportunities for 
it maybe if some things are in person, some things are virtual, some things are pre-recorded, but I th do think they need to be separated in some way. I, I, the hybrid model is just, I'm I, not a, not a supporter. I think you're right. Actually, I like this idea and I forgot that we had, we discussed this earlier, but you, you're right. The idea of having a remote only. Okay. So, so since we get to crystal ball cast the light yeah. of the constant future, why don't we then have a remote session and for the remote sessions, you get two minutes to present and instead then the, it's not a q a it's a discussion among attendees right and so it's almost like a elevator pitch level of output mm -hmm. and then among those that are there the the q a is not with the presenters it's among the group and form kind of a organic either suggestions or concerns or like uh this is great but try this field or whatever and produce something that's a reaction right the the person who presented could still say yeah that's out of scope which you, you would have known right. if i had more than two okay fine whatever the, th things can go wrong but at least as a consumer of that information i feel like i would actually sure. kind of like that format yeah you just got to find a way to make it valuable to people yeah. i mean that's that's what it comes down to all right so when are you hosting this 2026 maybe <laughs> don't hold me to that <laughs> well this is fun any other items you want to uh, cover or should we sign off i think that's pretty good sounds good well thanks brian um, and thank you to you as a listener as always and and like we said at the beginning very sincere thanks to those of you that we chatted with at, at this conference it was really wonderful to hear from you um so thank you for joining us hopefully you got something out of this and, and got to disagree with us or agree with us as your opinion uh, lies there we will catch you on the next episode of prophecy Network.